When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Remember when you were a kid and you'd skin your knee on the playground? The school nurse would inevitably put some horrifying concoction on it before bandaging it up. And it would sting and burn like nothing else. It was worse than the scrape itself. Now imagine that feeling inside your stomach. And instead of a one-time application with a cotton swab, it's a constant sting from acid sloshing around against an open wound. Your stomach aches, you have heartburn, you might be nauseous. Eating helps, but your appetite is shot. It's miserable. Welcome to the world of stomach ulcers. Aside from being extremely uncomfortable, stomach ulcers can sometimes be dangerous. If they're not treated, the chronic inflammation they cause can eat away at your normal healthy stomach tissue and replace it with the fibrous tissue that increases your risk of getting stomach cancer. In fact, a link between stomach ulcers and cancer has long been identified. But for generations, we didn't truly understand the most common cause of ulcers. We thought we had it figured out, and doctors maintained the status quo. Drug companies profited off a condition that gets worse as soon as you stop taking medication. It wasn't until the 1980s when an enterprising, daring Australian doctor decided to challenge the established dogma and turn himself into a living guinea pig to crack the case. It's a story of self-experimentation, the hurdles that prevent us from accepting new research, and a really good mystery solved. This is Science Solved It. And today's episode, The Doctor Who Drank Bacteria. Welcome to Science Solved It, Motherboard's show about the world's greatest mysteries that were solved by science. I'm Kaylee Rogers. Ulcers are caused by stress. This was the established medical wisdom for generations. If you were under undue stress in your life, it could cause an increase in stomach acid to accumulate in your gut. That acid would eat away at the tissue and eventually form an ulcer, which is essentially like an open sore in the lining of your stomach. When doctors would look inside the stomachs of people with ulcers, they found an increased amount of acid, 
and those people were highly stressed. When doctors started to treat patients for ulcers using acid blockers, their symptoms went away. All of the pieces lined up. Stress equals acid equals ulcers. Mystery solved. But that wasn't really the end of the story. People still sometimes developed cancer due to ulcers, and the acid blockers only stopped the symptoms as long as you were taking them. People were suffering all over the world. It was one of the most common ailments. The mystery and the problem weren't really solved at all. But nobody bothered to take a second look. There is built in in medicine a uh, uh, noted caution for good reason, because many of the complications do not show up for many years later. Meet our first doctor of the day. I'm Dr. Lawrence K. Altman. I'm a writer for the New York Times in Science and Medicine, and I'm a senior fellow at Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars in Washington, D.C. Dr. Altman was the first medical doctor to write full-time for a newspaper, joining the Times as a writer in 1969. He retired from his full-time post a decade ago, but he still writes frequently for the paper and is also an author. I called Larry for two reasons. First, he wrote a book about the history of self-experimentation in medicine, which will become more relevant in a little bit. But second, he was one of the first reporters to cover the work of the doctor who found the real culprit behind stomach ulcers, Dr. Barry Marshall. Yes, indeed, I did write about it several times. I read about it first in a medical journal, and then I was impressed with the work that had been done, and in particular, its potential impact on uh, medical practice, because Dr. Marshall and Dr. Warren were upsetting dogma that uh, stress and uh, stomach acid caused ulcers. Dr. Marshall is a clinical professor of microbiology in the Department of Medicine at the University of Western Australia. Dr. Marshall didn't set out to try to prove the entire global medical establishment wrong. He was just curious, and he liked to question things, and he never assumed that he knew the answer to any given question. And he was willing to experiment on himself to solve a mystery. That curiosity and tenacity led him to make his world-changing discovery about stomach ulcers, which earned him and his co-conspirator, Dr. Robin Warren, the 2005 Nobel Prize in Medicine. Since then, he's had a continued illustrious career, and he's constantly requested to speak, lecture, and do interviews on his work, which made it really hard to book him. Let me give you a bit of backstory. When my producer Sophie first contacted Dr. Marshall, he passed her to his secretary, who told her, quote, We have now finalized Professor Marshall's annual planner for 2018, and unfortunately, he will not be accepting any additional commitments at this time. Please accept his apologies on this occasion. He was booked. For the rest of the year. So, like any respectful journalist, I completely ignored this piece of information and continued to contact Dr. Marshall directly. I was looking for even five minutes to chat with him. And he was really friendly, but he was also really busy. He is a Nobel laureate. I didn't think we'd get him, and I wasn't sure if we could do this episode at all if we couldn't talk to him. But then, one evening, as I was about to leave the newsroom, my phone rang. It was Dr. Marshall. 
he was waiting on a Chinese news crew to show up to his house for an on-camera interview, and he could chat in the meantime. Just to get meta for a minute, usually when I talk to people for this show, there's somebody on the other end of the phone recording them with a professional microphone and a recorder. But I didn't have that luxury with Dr. Marshall, so I grabbed my plastic handheld recorder that I use for print stories. I plugged it into my phone wiretap and made do with what I had. This is all to say the audio quality is not great, but when you're interviewing a Nobel laureate, you take what you can get. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me all right? Yes, it's good. When we come back from the break, we meet Dr. Marshall and hear about how he put his own stomach on the line to figure out what really causes ulcers. Hey guys, if you like our show, you might also want to check out Science Versus, a podcast from Gimlet Media that takes on fads, trends, and the opinionated mob. Science Versus dissects what's fact, what's not, and what's somewhere in between, like their recent episode on serial killers. Then he used her head for a dartboard, but he wasn't done killing. You never turn your back on a serial killer. That's Science Versus, hosted by Australian science journalist Wendy Zuckerman. Science VS. Welcome back to Science Solved It. In 1981, Dr. Marshall was in his third year of an internal medicine fellowship. This is the additional training that some doctors do after they earn their MD and finish their residency if they want to specialize in something. He needed to start a new research project and had been working with Dr. Robin Warren, the chief pathologist at Royal Perth Hospital where Dr. Marshall was doing his internship. Dr. Warren suggested he take a look at an odd pattern he had seen. Fellow physicians would send him patients with particularly troublesome ulcers to see if maybe they had cancer or something. Each of those ulcer patients had something in common. They all had an infestation of a particular bacteria living in their gut called Helicobacter pylori. Dr. Marshall suspected that maybe the bacteria had something to do with developing ulcers. So he cultured the bacteria and started doing experiments. I did try to do it scientifically. And so for a couple of years before then, uh, I had been uh, trying to infect mice and rats, guinea pigs, and eventually did experiments on piglets, which outgrew the experiment because they grew into full-size pigs. And uh, the experiment had to stop, and I found out that pigs are incredibly resistant to all kinds of bacteria, uh, when they're adults at least anyway, so that was failing. The animal experiments were failing. He wasn't able to get the animals to pick up the infection at all, which made it impossible to see if it was related to ulcers. What was worse, the medical community dismissed the idea that there was even a chance the bacteria caused ulcers. And whenever I presented this idea that bacteria could be causing ulcers, everybody, the skeptics, which is 99%, would say, well, obviously people with ulcers have got something wrong with their stomach. It's the ulcer. And there are dozens of things we can find that are different and wrong in, in people with ulcers. 
So we think that having an ulcer makes you susceptible to these benign harmless bacteria, which is so common. And uh, so we don't really have to believe it at this stage. So the question was, which came first, the bacteria or the ulcer? Dr. Marshall was able to do a few small case studies where he would use antibiotics, which kill the helicobacter, to treat stomach ulcer patients. And they kept getting better. But still, he was struggling to get approval to do a full-fledged study. So he decided to take matters into his own hands. Or really, his own stomach. Dr. Marshall decided to purposely infect himself with the bacteria to see if he developed stomach inflammation, the first step towards developing a stomach ulcer. First, he needed a baseline. So he asked his supervisor at the hospital to do an endoscopy on him, where basically they take a picture of the inside of his stomach. And I had asked him to do an endoscopy on me as a baseline. And uh, when he was putting the scope down, he said, Barry, I'm not sure why you asked me to do this test on you, uh, and I don't want you to tell me. (laughs) So it was, don't ask, don't tell. (laughs) Once he had his baseline, Dr. Marshall cultured a sample of the helicobacter bacteria from a patient who had stomach inflammation. Then he had to get it into his own stomach. So, naturally, he drank it. So I I brewed up the uh, bacteria on a couple of petri dishes and put it into what was beef soup, which is what you you grow bacteria into, but uh, like a small uh, 50 ml bottle of beef broth. And uh, and then I uh, drank the bacteria. Dr. Marshall told me that originally he figured not much would happen right away. He thought he could monitor the bacteria in his gut for years. And if someday he eventually developed inflammation or an ulcer, then he'd know his hypothesis was correct. But it only took five days. And then um, after five days, I started waking up early in the morning and vomiting. And every morning I'd vomit for about five days in a row. At this point in our conversation, the TV crew arrived. I thanked Dr. Marshall, and he said he'd try to call me later that night from the airport while he waited to catch a red-eye flight to Hong Kong which was bright and early New York time. So I came into the office early and made sure I had a better setup this time to get the rest of the story. At the point where he started to get sick, Dr. Marshall hadn't told anybody, even his wife, that he was doing this self-experiment. When he started to get sick, he realized he couldn't hide it any longer. So he fessed up. After I told my wife, she freaked out and said that, she, she wasn't well. She'd had a car accident. She had four children. I don't know what she was complaining about, really. She only had two broken ribs. Anyway, then I turned up looking a bit unwell and said, great news. Uh, I took the bacteria and I had the infection. And, of course, she said, what? <laughs> and so it was the worst possible time to have it. Anyway, she told me that I'd have to leave the house and stay somewhere else unless I took antibiotics. But uh, she said, uh, she gave me a reprieve. She said, oh, well, if you finish the experiment on Tuesday, have your endoscopy, if everything, when you've done that, then you can take your antibiotics same day. Uh, But you must, so I had them already in my pocket. As soon as I'd had my final test to see what had happened, uh, I started taking them. The endoscopy showed that he had developed both a bacterial infection and the telltale stomach inflammation. It was the best proof so far that the bacteria was the true cause 
of stomach ulcers, not a byproduct or coincidence. These infections were causing people to develop uncomfortable, sometimes life-threatening ulcers. And the whole time, we had been acting like it was just stress. At first, the medical community still rebuffed Dr. Marshall's findings, but he pushed on. He did a double-blind, placebo-controlled trial that showed the same results. The bacteria was causing the ulcers, and wiping out the infection with an antibiotic cured the ulcers too. It wasn't just about relieving discomfort. Many ulcer patients would go on to develop stomach cancer, leaving them with few options, including having their stomach removed. I still get a sensation of hunger, but it's not like a stomach growling. Obviously, I don't have a stomach. This is Kylan Riley Knapp, a litigation lawyer and a stomach cancer survivor. Kylan's stomach cancer was due to a hereditary condition, not an infection from Helicobacter. But it did mean that she had to have a full gastrectomy. Her stomach was removed. So my esophagus is attached to my intestine. Kylan opted for the surgery because she'd seen in her own family how quickly stomach cancer can advance and become life-threatening. She didn't want to take the chance, and there was an option to remove it altogether. But it's not a simple procedure. We've made a lot of advances, but I think that there's still a lot more to be done. This is a really drastic procedure, and I'm hopeful that maybe not in my generation, but possibly, and certainly in future generations, there will be less drastic options. I think continued awareness and support for research is is going to be key there. Kylan's experience was what Dr. Marshall wanted people to avoid, if possible. Especially if the solution was as simple as taking an antibiotic. Over time, the medical community grew to accept the mountain of evidence Dr. Marshall and Dr. Warren had collected. But none of it would have been possible if the doctor hadn't decided, one fateful day, to mix some bacteria into beef stew and gulp it down. Science Solved It is a production of Vice Media and Motherboard. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, at Science Solved It. Dr. Altman's book on self-experimentation in medicine is called Who Goes First, and you can find it on Amazon. This episode was produced and edited by Sophie Cases, with production assistance by Sharuna Harris and Dan Richards. Our theme music is by Reximus. That's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. Next week on Science Solved It. Compared to the rest of the landscape, it definitely definitely looks more like blood than anything else around there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 